This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. On Monday, Immigration Minister John McCallum promised that Yazidi refugees being murdered, tortured, raped, and enslaved by ISIS would be brought to Canada within the next 120 days. But he wouldn't say how many or how he would get the refugees out of combat zones. The announcement was made in the House of Commons with some fanfare, but it comes literally years after ISIS singled out the Yazidi community for especially brutal treatment. Reverend Majid al-Shafi from One World International has been advocating for them from the beginning, and he joins me now. Welcome. It's a pleasure being here with you. Okay, so is is this uh, great news, or is this too little too late? And how do you think this will actually happen? Uh, I believe it's a great news. Our organization, One Free World International, been working on this outcome for the last two years, quite honestly. And as much as we are happy that finally... Uh, the government came to this conclusion and moved forward. Uh, as much as we are approaching uh, this news with cautious, simply because there is no details being provided yet. We don't know which team that they're sending in Iraq. We don't know how they're choosing these girls. We don't know the mechanism that they will use legally in an order to bring them here to Iraq. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I like to see that this is as a good news. But I'd like to hear more uh, details in an order to really celebrate it. Okay. How many uh, Yazidis are left? And tell us a bit about the kind of treatment they've been subjected to. I met uh, our organization directly and indirectly uh, was uh, was able to rescue more than 300 girls from ISIS territory uh, through cooperation with the Kurdish community and the Kurdish fighters. I can tell you by fact that I met with as young as nine years old that they used to rape her 20 times a day. I want the people that listening to us in their homes to look at their sons and their daughters and to imagine what I am saying right now. This what the, the massacre that these people facing for the last two years when uh, the attacks on ISIS, uh, attacks from ISIS against them took place. During this time, the UK House of Commons recognized it as a genocide. Uh, the American Congress, the EU, recognized it as a genocide. The Canadian Parliament over and over and over refused to call it genocide until the, UK, the UN made a report and then they changed their strategy. So yes, it's too little, too late. Justice delayed, justice denied. But at least we know now for the next four months that we see the first Yazidi victims coming here to Canada. How are they going to get here? Uh, as you pointed out in the break, the battle for Mosul is underway, and uh, a lot of these people are being used as human shields. Absolutely. And we say we see that this is happening in Kirkuk when they liberate Kirkuk and Anbar city, that when they enter the Anbar city, you know, ISIS used these girls as as a human shield, children and, and women. And 
uh, I'm my fear here is that the Iraqi government cannot follow full, fulfill their promises of protecting these girls and especially the minorities and bring them home safe and sound. I'm afraid that the the Shia militias and the and the Sunnis militias that fighting in Iraq they have very little heart for the minorities. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean the, the Yazidi minority they're considered. Infidels, right? Absolutely. And the Christians as well, and the Sabian Mandeans, and even the Baha'is. Any minorities will be considered as an infidel at this point. And so, uh, given all that, uh, as you say, there's no details, but but how would you assume that uh, that these people will be rescued? Uh, First of all, there is... A lot of them that they already been rescued and they are in the camps right now between the Hook, Silmania, Arbil. So in Kurdistan area, there is a lot of these girls that was able to, uh, some communities was able to rescue them or organizations or even they was able to escape on their own. So it's already there is a lot of them that they survived and we met with a lot of them and we took a Canadian member of Parliament Iraq to meet with, the, with some of these girls. But... The, the whole issues right now, how are we choosing them? How are we, what kind of programs that when we bring here, these girls need a complete healing. They need to start from the beginning. The, the, the suffering, and the pain that they went through, nobody can imagine it. And the most important thing here is that our Canadian people, not just the Canadian government, it's not only up to the Canadian government, but the welcoming that they will receive from our Canadian people. Uh- one thing uh, that I'm wondering about with with these girls having gone through uh, horrible experiences, but they come from a very conservative culture. And after having gone through this, are they accepted by their families, by their communities? Many of them is not. Actually, one time when we rescued a girl, I called her brother without telling him that we rescued her. But she was sitting down beside me. We put him in the speaker. And I told him, just as a test, I told him, well, I hope that we'll be able to rescue your sister. And he said, if she came back, I will shoot her in the head, even though she's a victim. But it's a culture that victimized the victim one more time. Even though she's a victim, she's a, she was raped, but yet there is a persona around them, and many of their family members does not accept them anymore. So they have to be brought here alone. Basically. And sometimes and sometime they have to be brought by their children, that really is ISIS fighter children came out of the rape. Oh, oh dear. This is also another category, yes, definitely. Yeah, I guess um, that happened as well with uh, the girls who were uh, released uh, or rescued from Boko Haram in Nigeria. Absolutely. Some of them came with, uh, with the children, but they are not, it's not the fault of the child. The child is innocent and she should not be judged according to what's happened. What should we be doing now? I think is now, as a Canadian, we should be contacting our member of parliament. We should be contacting the prime minister, the, the, the global affairs minister, the immigration minister, uh, pushing on the numbers. We have to help as many as possible as we can, pushing on the logistics, pushing on what, what are we doing when this girls comes. Canada is the temple of human rights. That's how I see Canada. I came as a refugee. I, I used to be a prisoner in Egypt. I used to be tortured in Egypt. So I am not just a guy wearing a suit sitting behind his desk. I saw what the Canadian people is capable in doing of healing other people's pain. 
So right now is our Canadian duty to reach out to the Canadian government and say, you are not doing this alone. We are with you. We can take these girls in our home. We can take these girls in our heart. And we will fight side by side to bring as many as possible uh, to Canada. Uh, why do you think it took so long to give priority to the minorities? I, I think part of it is politically correctness, quite honestly. First of all, it's a failure of a leadership. If we cannot protect the most vulnerable minority, it's a failure of a leadership, number one. Number two, it's politically correctness. We cannot go in the media anymore and say, well, the Muslim extreme is killing this, or the Muslim extreme is killing that, or the Muslim extreme, because it can be um, projected as, as Islamophobia. We don't have Islamophobia, but we need to help these little girls and the other minorities that facing persecution on the Muslim extremist hands. Absolutely. In every religion, there is extremist. But whatever problem that we are dealing with right now, we have to deal with it honestly and truthfully. Okay. Reverend Majid al-Shafi, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.